Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. Search To Die For in your podcast app to follow the show. Today is Monday, May 24th, 2021. On this day in 2014, four people were shot to death at the Jewish Museum of Belgium in Brussels. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Due to the graphic nature of this killer's crimes, listener discretion is advised. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. Today, we're covering a shooting at Brussels Jewish Museum. Among the nation's 42,000 Jewish citizens, half were said to reside in the capital in 2014. Given the location of this murder, authorities immediately suspected an anti-Semitic attack. Let's go back to Brussels, Belgium, on May 24, 2014, just after 3.50 p.m. Miriam and Emmanuel Riva, both in their 50s, strolled down the cobblestone street to the Jewish Museum of Belgium. Children played along the path, and spirited guides led tours just inside. The couple were on vacation, celebrating their anniversary. According to their families, they were still so in love, even after 18 years. They were humble, kind people. For decades, they'd both worked in public service, but that summer they took the time to toast their relationship because 18 years was a significant landmark in Judaism. The number 18 signifies chai, which in Hebrew means life. In the Jewish faith, chai is a good omen that represents the best parts of being alive. Unfortunately for Miriam and Emmanuel, their lucky romantic getaway would end in tragedy. As the couple entered the lobby of the museum, an inconspicuous man carrying a backpack slipped in right behind them. Before anyone took notice, he pulled out a handgun and opened fire. The Belgian interior minister, Joëlle Milquet, happened to be nearby, and when she heard the shots, she ran toward the museum. Upon entering, she saw the Rivas laying on the ground. Nearby, two employees, Dominique Sabrier and Alexandre Strenz, had also been shot. Sabrier died on the spot, while Strenz would cling to life for the next two weeks before succumbing to his wounds. The gunman was nowhere to be found. With the killer still at large, Belgium's Prime Minister, Elio Di Rupo, raised the country's terror alert level. At the same time, the mayor of Brussels called for all Belgians to unite in solidarity. Security efforts were tightened in Jewish communities throughout the country. While authorities searched for the shooter, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu vocally condemned the murders. The president of the European Jewish Congress, Moshe Cantor, followed suit. 
the Belgian Jewish community made it clear that the attackers would not silence them. They continued to fight back against terror and hate. Their efforts ensured law enforcement had the resources they needed to stop the violence. Coming up, authorities arrest the shooter. The internet. What would we do without it? So much information, so little time. And yet, with all the answers available online, there still lie scores of deep, dark, spooky secrets. Mysteries yet to be solved until now. This isn't clickbait. This is our exclusive new podcast, Internet Urban Legends. I'm Loie, your evidence expert. And I'm Eleanor, the self-proclaimed skeptic. Together, we're the gruesome twosome, sleuths in search of the weirdest stories on the web. Every Tuesday, we investigate the internet's creepiest conundrums, covering each conspiracy theory and combing through every clue to separate hoax from haunt. Whether it's the video sure to make you lose your appetite, blank room soup, or every kid's worst nightmare, the terrifying truth behind Disney's deaths, or every parent's worst nightmare, social media's Momo challenge. Each episode of Internet Urban Legends is chock full of disturbing details which are either truly demented or ripe for debunking. And no matter our conclusion, we're sure to be left scared half to death. So won't you join us? Follow our new Spotify original from Parcast, Internet Urban Legends. Listen free and exclusively on Spotify. Now back to the story. On Saturday, May 24, 2014, a couple celebrating their anniversary and two employees were killed by a lone gunman at Belgium's Jewish Museum. The next day, Brussels police performed raids throughout the Courtrai region of the country, where they suspected the attacker spent time. Meanwhile, the Coordinating Committee of Belgian Jewish Organizations and the Israelite Central Consistory opened a crisis center. They wanted to establish a place for community leaders to call in with leads. On Friday, May 30th, their efforts bore fruit. The prime suspect, 29-year-old Mehdi Namouche, was arrested at a train station in France. After nearly a week, the danger was finally over. When he was captured, Nemush was carrying a Kalashnikov automatic rifle and handgun authorities believed he used in the attack. The rifle was shrouded in the flag of the Islamic State of Iraq and the Levant, more commonly known as ISIL. The jihadist group was internationally condemned for its unprecedented reign of terror. The terrorist branch was deemed so dangerous that even al-Qaeda's Pakistani leaders denounced them. On further investigation, law enforcement discovered a 40-second video Namush had recorded showcasing his guns. It was accompanied by a voice memo in which the assailant claimed total responsibility for the museum murders. As the forensic team dug deeper, they discovered Namouche had been imprisoned in France for robbery in 2007. He served a term of five years. That was where he was radicalized. 
While behind bars, he started moving in Islamic fundamentalist circles and embraced a dangerous ideology. When he was released in December of 2012, he flew to Syria to connect with like-minded extremists. Like many other young recruits, he planned to get military training and return to Europe to carry out attacks at home. The shooting at the Jewish Museum was proof positive that Namush had become an effective terrorist. At his trial, he claimed the Rivas were agents of Mossad, Israel's intelligence bureau. Attorney Yves Moreau responded by calling Namush a coward, saying, you kill people by shooting them from behind. You kill old women by shooting them with an assault rifle. You kill because it gives you pleasure to kill. On March 12, 2019, Mehdi Namouche was sentenced to life in prison by the Brussels court. But anti-Semitism remains a global issue. Weeks before the Jewish Museum shooting, the Anti-Defamation League issued a report on the levels of anti-Semitism among 102 nations. The document scored countries based on the percentage of citizens who answered likely true to a series of statements referring to anti-Semitic stereotypes. The ADL survey concluded that one in four adults worldwide were deeply infected with anti-Semitic attitudes. In the last decade, Belgium has seen a steady stream of hate aimed at its Jewish centers of study, prayer, and recreation. Lately, temples and clubs seem more like fortresses than anything else. Tragically, Jewish students have become regular targets of attacks. The best way to arm ourselves against violence in the future is to continue to educate ourselves and embrace our differences. We must look out for our neighbors, lend an ear, and offer our understanding. That way, we can assure no one is left vulnerable. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Paul Liebeskin, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by John Levinson, with writing assistance by Terrell Wells, and fact-checking by Cheyenne Lopez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 